Uh, blah, blah, blah. You want to jump in or what? What's good with you? How are you? Let's just fucking, uh, how are you? Let's talk. Let's, let's, let's catch up. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. Fuck that's that. why it sounds funny because the fucking mic isn't even. <laughs> what an idiot, dude. What a dumbass, dude. I, I mean, I, I'm supposed to set up a production soon. Dude, my brain's fucking fried, man. Dude, I, okay, I've actually, been all no, over I, the spectrum, dog. Same. Let's talk about burnout. Let's talk Let's about do it right now. burnout. Burn, dude, actually, you know what? Let's do it. That's actually, yeah, I love that because I was do earlier today. I fucking was looking for something, literally a notebook, right? That I, oh my God, that is a big thunderclap out there. Oh, that was thunder. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. But so I was looking for a notebook that I had literally five minutes earlier and I maybe went to another room for like five minutes, but I had my phone, right? So I was like doing something at the same time as I was going to the other room. <laughs> I come back, I spend 10 minutes looking for the notebook and it's literally sitting wide open next to my laptop. Like just out of view, but because I didn't even like my mind wouldn't even consider that that side of the room was a possibility. I, I didn't find it for 10 minutes. It's like, dude, what's going on? Am I stupid or am I burnt out? Like you said, how have you been feeling? Um, I don't need, I don't know if I'm burnt out. I, I wonder if it's um, I guess burnt out and just that like your mind's kind of in different places and thinking yeah. about different things at different times or at the same time, I guess. What's the opposite um, of burnout? Like hyper fire, like overdrive. It's almost like that, but with too many things, you know, so it clouds hyper them out. Drive. Hyper drive, something like that. Overdrive. But what's been having you, what's been having you frazzled? Uh, I just mean um, working on all aspects of uh, production, directing, yeah. you know, having to deal with costumes, um, cast and crew turnover, as you've kind of heard over the coming days or mm. the previous days. Um, I mean, I had like a super like tumultuous weekend yeah. just as far as like, I mean, I mean, there was one day where it was, I think, three cast members dropped out. Um, yeah, I think one... Uh, one of the officers dropped out the day we were having a rehearsal, um, that's perfect. and, and that's they had committed. <laughs> they had perfect. committed uh, to the project. Oh um, my god! To us shooting again. Right. Yeah, and I mean, it was just pe uh, it's one of just, those bad um, apple cops that they talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got. We don't want those. <laughs> Frank Wolf is is the bad apple, nah, worst of them all. Right. <laughs> yeah. Frank Wolf brought into the core. Is that what you? Yeah. Damn, maybe in the sequel he flips, or maybe that was his past life. Oh my life. god, that was like he was like a, a suspect. Well, there's an guy. interesting. So I mean, it's gonna be funny because people are gonna hear this, um, like insider thing, yeah. even though the movie's not out yet. But it's I okay. think They'll there's love some it kind of. Future. I think there's some kind of a relationship, um, acquaintance relationship between uh, Marty, the drug dealer, yeah. and um, Frank Wolf. Because mm. um, I remember when in conversations, well, I, and this kind of stems with um, the collaborative side of working with people and them bringing ideas that you didn't think of. Because um, when I was working with um, Marty, the person, who, you know, the actor, and he yeah. was talking about um, how he was trying to figure out why it's so like an in, such an intimate moment between Frank Wolf and Marty when he's talking to him and he kind of like kneels down to talk to him. Mm. And so he was thinking it kind of stems back to like, maybe like their upbringing haven't been brought up in the same neighborhood mm. or just kind of like, you know, Frank Wolf is older and they just kind of have some kind of acquaintance. Yeah. And I don't know how that it comes into the performance. Um, but it's huh. like, it's an idea. You know, that is interesting. Cause that could even be conveyed when he said the performance, like a small line, like, Come on, Marty. It wasn't always like this, man, or something like that. Oh, like that okay. small little under his breath okay. kind of thing. Because that's cool. It could be something where you explore it. Like 
they were on the same path and then, you know, one thing caused them to go different ways, right? Or they were so mm-hmm. similar, but some circumstance in life. It's almost like Batman and the Joker kind of shit where it's like Joker's whole thing is all it takes is one bad day. Batman's whole thing is like, nah, anybody can come back from a bad day, right? But so it's like that one thing that splits them apart, but they're actually pretty similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. So that's cool. And that makes a story compelling, dude. When you feel for the quote unquote villain, like mm-hmm. when you and when they're actually reasonable and it's like, oh, damn, I kind of agree with that guy. Because that kind of appeals to your, like, our basest feelings that maybe we feel like we're not supposed to have, you know? An example I could think of recently is Thanos in the fucking uh, Marvel shit, where his whole thing was, I'm going to kill half the population of everything so the other half thrives, survives in an even better way that they never would have if the first half survived, right? Or otherwise, everyone would just die. Like, so it's either we save half and they do a lot better and half die or everybody dies. And at first, you know, you want to be like, no, gen- genocide? What? Like, <laughs> no, fuck that. But then, like, you start to think about it, and it's like, that makes a lot of sense. Especially if it's something where it's, yeah, you're all just going to die anyway if nothing's done. And it's almost like, damn, the reason we have a problem with it is kind of selfish. It's because I don't want to be one of the ones that have to go, right? Or I don't want my family member or something like that. When in reality... Like, if, I guess if we're talking consequentialism, like, if we're talking schools of thought of philosophy and shit, like, the best outcomes or utilitarianism even, which could be, like, the the greatest welfare, right? So, it's, like, whatever causes the greatest welfare is what you go for. So, I mean, it's kind of true, dude. Some of this dark shit that we have to kind of say we don't like, sometimes it might be objectively the best. <laughs> but it's hard to say. Hold on. I need to close my windows, dude. The thunder and wind are picking up. It's intense. Yeah, it's, it's thundering over here. All right, sick. By the way, y'all, welcome into this episode of Rabbit Hole Sessions. We're going to keep going nice. with this talk because this is cool. I like the, the tangent we're on, but just, you know, we're here. Tyler, T.O.D., Tyler on the man, Emilio, Emilio, Guido, Reliable, Grandpa, what up, what up, what up, yeah, up. we're here. Anyway. Yeah, what up, what up. <laughs> but this idea of, um, like, just burnout and kind of shit that we've been talking about. We talked a little bit on the last episode when we talked about impact and how I just feel like we've been, I've been going hard and shit and, you know, there's things you have to pay attention to for your health. But when do you say is the time to disengage like there has to be a time where you put it down for a sec or let it breathe and right and it, it kind of has to be more than just when you go to bed right because i mean you want to work on it obviously and you want to keep giving it attention and thought but there's a level of like paying attentionness especially if you think of something like studying where the more hours go by just the less less effective you're going to be so when do you find it the time to call it that um i don't know i mean because if anything I feel like that's a question that can be better answered if, for in my case, film was something I did full time, um, uh, okay. you know, because then then it would be I could see burnout more possibly or I could see me needing to put it down besides when just going to bed. Um, because I mean, like right now I have other things distracting me as far as um, like a class. I yeah. mean, one thing, you know, relationships with anybody is anything, is, in your you life, know, something. Yeah, yeah is, is something you have to maintain. Um, especially right now, it's it's oh, weird yeah, to to try to maintain them. Um, you have to ramp yeah. it up. Yeah. So and then, I guess the I, the only time I do know when I need to stop is I guess when I just keep real when I realize I guess when I'm hungry and like super <laughs> hungry and then yeah. when I'm tired. Yeah, I guess those are the only times. Last night yeah. I was I started reading the script um, and just kind of making notes and everything about it, and. Um, uh, this morning I went to go continue making notes and I noticed like the difference in penmanship, uh, and just how bad <laughs> my penmanship was last night. And I was like, don't write any Yikes. more notes late at night. Yeah. Not in the script. Nothing You'll right never before, understand man. them. Yeah. 
Dude, I've yeah, I've just to reveal myself. It's because sometimes I sit in the stoop to just write, especially any time of the day and at night, especially because it's real peaceful. There have been times where it's been late and I'm like writing there thinking, thinking, and my hand's just like on my head and I'll fall asleep for like like 10 seconds and I wake up and the pen just slid down the page. I'm like, oh my fuck. What do I do? Get inside, you weirdo. You fucking, uh, yeah, what are you I believe doing? it too. I believe it. Oh, it's true. I don't think anybody's ever walked by uh, and seen that. They're usually very brief, brief yeah. nod offs, but uh, I don't know if that's dedication or stupidity. I guess it's a little yeah. bit of both. I mean, meth heads look like that too. Uh, if you <laughs> And they're definitely dedicated to meth. So it all works. Oh my god! In another world, Tyler. dedicated to meth would be the title of this episode. But hey, that's in another world. That not this one. <laughs> that's. <laughs> well, who's the most dedicated fiend? Like, what? What is your addiction oh that you're the most dedicated to? <laughs> it's gotta come. I don't know. Heroin's. Right? I mean, heroin's a pretty like that might be one of the top ones that's gotta be. That one seems pretty intense. Crack yeah. seems pretty intense. Mm. Like people just yeah. sell their family for crack. Yikes. Yike yike o's. I'd say marijuana being on the lesser side of, of things. Yeah, lesser because yep. I I don't think I'd kill for it. I don't think I'd break into somebody's home for it. Yeah. Right? Like I would I yeah. I don't I wouldn't be doing that. So that would have to be on the other end. You hear that? Drug People, government, take it off schedule two. It's not the same as heroin. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Assholes. Damn, it's pouring. The, oh, this it's guy bad. cracked open. It's bad, dude. They heard we were coming. They knew the blasphemers, the sinners were coming. God's about to split open the sky and part of me just us. wants to stand outside too. That's the thing. Oh, it's nice. Like you ever just want to stand out in the in the rain? Speaking know? of the stoop thing again, sometimes I'll go out there even if it's raining, and I'll just take my umbrella out there and literally hold it above me and sit out there in the rain because it is nice. Yeah. And I was thinking about it. It's funny. Even the other day when I was doing, it, I was like, "Damn, I used to like my mom used to do it a lot, especially when we had a back porch when we lived in Toronto." And I sometimes I would join her. Sometimes I would just watch her far. It wasn't my favorite thing. And I didn't really understand that she would always kind of talk about how she liked to see on the rain or in the thunderstorms mm-hmm. and just watching it. And nowadays I sit out there and I'm like, damn, I get it. And the other night it literally clicked. I was like, wow, this is so, especially when I had the umbrella over, I was like, this is so, I feel like I'm in like a capsule, you know, in this secret dimension and just watching, I don't know, life happen. It felt kind of nice to be part of it, in it, around it. Right. But I do want to just one day just take off the umbrella, yeah. Just start fucking walking in the rain. Just stand there, literally yeah. just look up, because that's actually being in it, you know. The other yeah. one's kind of like observing it. Damn. Okay, I can't look outside because then I could just get, I could be distracted, and then my, it's crazy because then my mind will just go somewhere else. Yeah. Take us there. Where are you taking us? Where's your mind? Oh going? no, I mean, oh, it just goes to the film. <laughs> <laughs> Where else is it gonna go? <laughs> That's good, bro. That shows that. Yeah. Shows what's important. Yeah. Shows what's important. Whatever's uh, fucking, what's it called? Absorbing your thoughts. I had a dream the other night about fucking Yerba Mate because it's just that intense really? and important in my life now. Yeah, it's like I was in my dream for some reason because around me, for some reason, none of the fucking convenience stores or CVS or anything has them. I have to go all the way down to buy a meals place, which isn't that far, but. I have to go all the way there to get the fucking yerba. I'm like, dude, really? I don't need to be walking 15, 20 minutes every fucking time. I want some. And so it just in my dream, for some reason, went around the corner to a store that's not that doesn't actually exist. But in my dream, it existed. And it was there. And I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Blah, blah, blah. And I remember just feeling like I reached a breakthrough in the dream and then waking up and it sucked. But that's all to say. Uh, I need all the convenience drink stores. Drink your yerba. Yeah, yeah. I, need, <laughs> I need all my convenience stores to start dude, Yerba mate makes a difference. 
It really uh, does. Like the drink itself, like the. Yeah, yeah. We need a oh, sponsorship, man. baby. Come on. Yeah. Oh man, I'm adding that oh, to the man. list. I need yerba mate now, dude. I should order that shit or do Yo, something. Yo, don't we? Actually, how do you feel about that? This will be back on mic. How do you feel about bringing things like products or any type of branding or whatever into your film where that's kind of supposed to be its own world and bringing that shit in makes it not like it makes it part of this world? You know, what's what's like your take on that? I guess it just kind of um, it depends on the intention one um, from a for like the creative world itself. And then um, just like are you intending to put brands in there um, to get money or are you putting brands in there intending to um, just like attach the worlds like my world yeah. um, and the created world um, and bring them together? Because, um, I mean, one example I think of exactly as soon as you said that was um, in the show um, Sopranos. Mm. Um, a lot of times they had like. I mean, there'd be a, a episode where there's like, or even just a scene, there's like yeah. four or five bottles of like Coke on the table, and it's just like Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get yeah or uh, cans, about cans, oh, um, okay. cans. The but two um, liters, uh, yeah, <laughs> for the one guy. They're each drinking them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's just for the lunch. The screen went yeah. black at the end, not because someone came in and shot yeah. him, it's because he got like a diabetes attack right oh in the middle God. of the scene, and he lost Somebody his eyesight. Somebody does die on the toilet, I think, from <laughs> oh, trying really? too hard. Yeah. And for then, trying uh, too hard god i damn. think yeah they say you're not um, supposed to be able, like you're not supposed to push like if you're pushing when you're shitting then you're not eating right you yeah oh god yeah anyway that was a quick cheese oh, that was a quick um, beer but apparently one of the actors was talking about um how often uh coke appeared in the show yeah or coca-cola appeared in the show and that it, it like they were never paid or anything it was just like oh. james gandolfini the actor of tony soprano would just he'd be drinking a coke literally before take they'd roll take and he would just kind of walk into the into the <sighs> scene with it and that's kind of how they did it and it was just something like that yeah so it's like these infusion of of worlds how do you feel about that specifically created. do you think that cheapens it at all well, because I, I watched the show not knowing that and just being like, Jesus, I mean, they couldn't make it more um, like right on the nose with, you know, four or five cans on the table. Right. Um, you think Coke sponsors the whole goddamn uh, production? Yeah. Company. But then I, I and then it's just like um, and then knowing the truth makes it seem like, OK, but then what's the difference? Right. Cause um, nobody's gonna when really you just know see that. it. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. going to look into it and find that out. Because you're right, that does make it seem more pure. It's like literally the actor just walked in, and we were just like, okay, be you, be natural, do what you got to do. And that's like, yeah. oh, now that seems like you said. That seems like we're on the creative side. But you just watch it. It's like, all right, great. So Coke runs everything. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> now I know. Now I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Would that be ever I guess something just you not put so in your own film? Probably. I mean, just not so straight up. Like, I, it wouldn't be, you know, the logo of a, a car on the on the grill or something like right. that. Because I've seen shows where, like, they introduce a car by showing the, the logo on the oh, grill yeah. or something. If it was, you know, not if it's something other than, like, a Rolls Royce or a right. luxury vehicle, you know. Um, like it was a sob. That's what I saw. Sob, like, not bad. Yeah, they did a Sob's close up of the bad, logo. Yo. I guess Sob's a, um, like a low key nice car. It's a no key yeah. li- nice model. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's usually just pretty clear when brands are in. Uh, you yeah. know, up here. Yeah, but I don't really like the clear the clearness of it. And I even think about that with music videos, like rap music videos and shit. When you see the obvious Beats by Dre like placement or the obvious Pepsi placement or some shit like that, it's like, 
all right, guys, I get it. You know, like, I totally get it. Sponsorship, branding, you should. I would say it's not as bad as I would think for films, because I would say that's less of a separate world type of thing. Like, rappers and music videos live in the world we live in. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so I'd say it's less bad. But still, when it's just so egregious, it's like, come on, man. Like, it feels insulting, honestly, like, as the audience. It's like, what, what is this? What Like, what is this? What do you think you're doing for me here? What do you think you're doing for you? Like, it just doesn't feel good, you know? But definitely get your money. Get your money where you get it. That's for sure. And we want some sponsorships. Wherever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's there's spare. brands in Max and Lorelei anyway. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I think. Oh. I mean, from Marlboro to uh, like um, Seagram's Seven yeah. Whiskey and whatever. Oh, so sick. it's. I mean, it. But it's nothing like right Seagram's. on the head. How it's just kind of like. How did you fall in Seagram's? Like what was? Oh, the I just. Choice? It just felt. It felt like something Lorelai. <laughs> no, Jameson. That's the. That's yeah. the. Yeah. That, no, I think that's too expensive for. <laughs> Oh, uh, she likes for the Lorelai, cheaper shit. Because she she likes well, she likes whis- whiskey. It's just uh, expensive to pay for. Right. So um, and so she she, got it's kind priorities. of like an inbred. Yeah. Bro, so. where is Lorelai at? I'm trying to meet her in real life, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm trying, I don't think so, man. Why can we write these characters that are amazing? <laughs> that have all the qualities I want to. I want to be. I can. I'll Yikes. be Max any day, Lorelai. Where are you at? Oh where no. <laughs> Oh, Lord. <laughs> Listen, I told the video coming into this that I had nothing to talk about. I actually forgot we were recording today, which goes back to the burnt out thing because we've just been working and shit. And I just totally forgot. So this is all personality today. Last episode was too heavy. So now we got to fucking just go loose. Got to get out here. But speaking of burnout and all that shit, Impact is coming tomorrow. Well, by the time this is out. The soonest this will be out is tomorrow, which is when the album comes out. So by the time this is out, Impact's probably out. Go check it out. What's Spotify. the date? What's July the date 24th. Comes- July 24th, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it'll definitely be out by the time this is out. So hit all the platforms, all the streaming platforms. I'm going to get it to YouTube. I'm going to get it to uh, SoundCloud. Like, it'll be everywhere you need it. Go find it. Go stream it. Uh, we out here supporting the blacks. You know, that's what we do with Impact. Uh, <laughs> all of the money. <laughs> God, I wish we had video. <laughs> but all the money is being donated to Black Lives Matter and Dorchester Art Project. You know Black Lives Matter. Dorchester Art Project's a local creative space and artistic space I've been to before. They're really fucking dope, and they have uh, an, a fantastic atmosphere for artists. And there, I mean, when I went there, there were a lot of black people, which is great. Dorchester's like a pretty black and other underrepresent underrepresented American neighborhood. So uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good spot. It's a good space, and I'm glad I can do something to contribute to it. There were nothing but nice to me when I went there, and I just want to see it be able to thrive during Corona and afterwards. And uh, so go check it out. Every single stream, purchase, you know, show it to your friend. Give me five bucks because you like a song, whatever. Like All of that will go 100% towards those two organ- – well, 50% each, I guess, to those two organizations. So check that out. Impact. And, yeah, that's it. I guess on the burnout side, I've just been doing a bunch of boring shit. This which sucks. Like boring shit behind things you care about with like all the administrative stuff, uh-huh. all the, you know, setting up all the channels yeah. and all the communications, all that stuff. It's like, damn, why does this part have to suck? Have you experienced shit like that with the film? Um or are you getting to that point? I guess that administrative kind of side would be 
like the producing side of it. Yeah. Um, as far as like the schedule, setting that up. I mean, I haven't done that yet. Right. Um, so fuck. Uh, yeah, and people so, think I like mean, producing means making the plan, right, or making the beat. If we're talking about music, it's like not. Nah, it, this is everything. Producing literally means yeah. you do everything. Yeah. So, I uh, yeah. I mean, it's just been. And plus, I, I don't really like um, figuring out what times, like, or just figuring out the times of things. I just yeah. kind of want to be there and just film mm. and focus on what we're trying to get um, rather than trying to figure out the times in which we need to be there and, and how yeah. to move forward and stuff. But that's going to be uh, your job, I guess, at least to kind of <laughs> make sure we spend, um, you know, to just let me know, I guess, every 15 minutes, yeah. uh, if we spend 15 minutes or more on a shot. Yeah, definitely. Like, yo, hey, we got to do this. Yo, let's move on. Yeah. No, I'm here. I'm ready, yeah. bro. I'm, re- yeah. I'm ready to be on set. Like, it's going to be so fucking fun. Yeah. I've been yeah. telling, you know, just people that ask me what I'm up to and shit, I'm like, that is a major point of what I'm about to be up to is working on the film True. and just the role that I have and that you've uh, yeah. allowed me to be for. And I'm like, dude, this is going to be of sick. Course. It's going to be sick. Like, I'm honestly looking forward to it a lot. And we're going to make some great shit and i just it's just so funny talking about it so much when people don't know when it's coming and shit yeah but it's just i hope this just builds anticipation you know i hope this just builds it up <coughs> dude i'm like was that did you hear that did you hear that holy shit that was like wow. in your room that lightning yeah next to you <laughs> oh my god holy shit that's kind of scary man that's yeah. kind of scary. I, I don't really get, like, <clears throat> like when I was a kid, you know, you'd get afraid of this type of shit happening because you'd think, oh, my <clears throat> God, what? You know, like, what's going <laughs> on? What do I do? But now nah, that shit nowadays, it's like, let it rain. Let's go. Let the earthquakes, yeah. hurricanes, bring them in. <laughs> Yikes. Nah, man, we can't do shit. When they hit, it's just like, fuck, let me try and not die. Otherwise, I'm, I'll die. I don't know. Death's a weird one. I don't know if we're about to make this this turn, but death's a weird one. I actually did have this th- thought the other day, though, where I was like, I think death, like as an aspect, the idea, totally comfortable with, I can totally understand and compute just as natural as life. It's just literally, the, it's, it's the opposite of everything I know. So it, immediately it's going to seem inherently negative, right? And there's also the part of, you know, losing people I love. So it seems negative because I lose them. But I can understand the in the it's very natural point. Dying, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if I'm with that one yet. I'm not totally. Uh, I haven't settled totally with that one yet. No matter how it happens, I mean, they say quick death, yeah. fast death. You're dying, bro. Like it doesn't matter how it happens. You're still dying. You know. I don't. I don't. I don't know if you have death thoughts <laughs> immediately uh, that you want to share. I guess it's actually pretty similar. I mean, because then if I tie it to stoicism, classic, mm, um, which we it, must. It, yeah, I mean, they, Stoics have, a, I mean, their own um, thoughts and opinions on um, death, but as yeah. like you kind of said, basically, it's pretty similar to what you said, that it's just another um, part of life, and it that is. it's, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Um, yeah. When you're dead, you're dead, uh, and that's that's kind of pretty much, <laughs> just it, so, <laughs> yeah, there's no reason to fear it, because everybody kind of goes through it, so, yeah, sh- part of Stoicism is trying to just eliminate that, um, that fear of dying, mm. I guess. Stoicism is interesting, man, because it makes you confront, like, impossible to comprehend things. Like, death is impossible to comprehend because we don't experience it until we die. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's impossible to actually illustrate it. Stoicism, I think, wants you to understand that you can't comprehend it and Mm. accept. Like, understand that you can't comprehend it and accept that. That's the freedom. Because... 
Yeah, that's where the freedom is. Yeah, that's interesting. Shout out to uh, Alexander Henry. Check him out on uh, Spotify and and Marcus Aurelius. Yeah, Yeah. definitely him. No, but check out his book. (laughs) That's so funny. Because I'm just talking about a guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but we were talking about uh, the other day. Fuck, what did you just say? What did you just say? <laughs> damn, damn, damn. The end of it. Stoicism, accepting. Uh, yeah, uh, and under understanding that you can't comprehend it and accept that. Oh, And that's where it's free, freeing. Yes, there we go. Okay, I remember. So shout out to him because we were talking about this in a different sense, but it was the aspect of relationships and just relating to people and how – no, no, just a little bit of how uh, – the ones like the relationships that weigh heaviest on you or that think you think about the most or affect you the most negatively are the uncertain ones. It's the ones where you're like, I don't know where I stand with this person. Not the ones where I know if they like me or if I know if they hate me. Both of those are much better than if I don't know. And that's kind of like, I guess what this mentality is, which is I don't, death is the uncertain thing. It's the eternal uncertain thing, right? Until after it happens and then maybe we find out. Maybe. And maybe find out doesn't even mean what we mean now, right? Like conscious recognition of how we exist now might not manifest that way after death. But it translates to the stoicism thing where it's like the freedom comes in the acceptance. It comes in the certainty of uncertainty, right? Not the uncertainty of, or sorry, not the certainty of I'm going to figure out death and I'm going to know what it's all about, but rather the certainty of I'm not going to figure out what it's about. So it's honestly not something worth worry about, worrying yeah. about. And I can free myself. So just myself. live today kind mm. of thing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Live today, baby. That's a good yeah. one. Live today. And hopefully Sounds tomorrow. <laughs> and hopefully live today so that there is a tomorrow, I guess. Nice. I don't know. Is that accurate? Like how no. much I don't know. Yeah. How much of I mean, how much do you live for yesterday today and tomorrow you know like that's Jesus. a crazy i know that's a crazy concept no it is a crazy concept and that was a weird way of wording it but even if we think about something in terms of you know you hear you hear about the phrases living for the present right or living for the moment and shit like that but at the same time i also want a future like i need a future right? <laughs> i want to keep living and then i mean third thing to add on to it is but there's also that past there's also things i've done in the past that might affect me now there's things that may have happened that i didn't do but still affect me now so it's like where do you find that balance? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know how to try to answer or something like that. Jesus. I don't know. I have a hard time living for today. I mean, if that <coughs> helps mean? answer with my experience. Oh, I mean, I'm just thinking too much about not the moment. Um, I'm uh, thinking okay. about future moments or just imagined moments. Um, mm. And then I think that kind of, I don't know. I'm sure I could, that kind of thought style for me probably was something in earlier parts of my life as well um that kind of led me to filmmaking maybe Mm. um this kind of just idea of being um in a future or in somewhere else other than the present moment right so it's funny uh because you know i I try i with stoicism honestly i've been trying to get better at living in the in the present and Mm -hmm. um sometimes even that comes with like because sometimes you know to the idea of burnout or even just overworking um i can walk from each side of the apartment and forget what i was going to the other side for oh man i hate um, that shit yeah that's just the kind of like what you were talking about earlier and yeah. and it was just in front of you the whole time <laughs> but i mean i feel, <laughs> like, feel like an idiot yeah and then and then i'm just like oh my god Amelia, just focus on like you're just at, like you need tunnel vision basically yeah, like you're instead of looking at the whole like grand canyon you know just get some tunnel vision right and uh and then that's kind of when i try to like think of stoicism and um like 
out loud tell myself like where am i right now in this moment mm. like i'm standing in my apartment i'm like putting my shoes on or because i'm getting ready to go out i'm yes. not thinking about all the other shit about that i where was you're doing going. i'm just yeah it's just one singular thing that i was mm. about to do and just be right there in that that's like that aspect of mindfulness you know that general concept of just being conscious and aware of your present right like or just your movements it's so easy for everything we do to just become routine and autopilot and shit, right? And, like, it kind of loses its meaning in a sense. And I'm reading a book. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast yet, but it's called Kaizen. And, you know, I'm reading it sporadically, so I, <laughs> I may have uh, thoughts about it from here and there. But it's essentially one of those mindsets, Japanese in origin, but it's about, like, taking the time. It's about changing habits, small steps at a time. But to start those things, you have to acknowledge yourself in the present moment as you do things, right? Like when things become habits, you don't acknowledge them in the present moment. You don't actually realize what's happening, things you're doing. So how can you change something that you don't realize is happening, right? So it's like this anchoring yourself to the present. But I don't necessarily think that, you know, thinking in the future or having visions of the future is that bad. Have there been positives that you've experienced from it or that gives you some drive into anything? Oh, for thinking about the future? Yeah, basically like the opposite of what I mean, it's it's all, you know, rosy colored glasses (laughs) thinking about, you know, something else. It always is. Um, Isn't that funny? Past or future, it's always fucking rose colored. Don't matter. (laughs) (laughs) And then they just kind of, those glasses kind of come off then when Mm. we're on set, say, for example. Because sometimes, even I think I look at things with like a foggy uh, lens over my eyes, like um, thinking about, uh, even like Lorelai's apartment. Okay, like she's sitting there, you know. But what's in the apartment? Right. Like there has to be things <laughs> yeah. there. There's probably <laughs> stuff on empty. the table. Yeah, it's not just wow. her sitting in this. Yeah. That's funny, dude. So I, I have e- to think of what's there. Yeah, know? even reading so the script, like, like you don't realize that those are the things I'm thinking about. Like when I read the scenes yeah. when she's in the apartment, I see what she's doing, and there are other things in her apartment, but I don't yeah. consciously recognize what those things are. Yeah. Whoa. Yep. But I have to I have to put those things there. I gotta figure out what those <laughs> you things do. are. Yeah, that's your job. Yeah. <laughs> that's why this production You do the hard like, shit. Because this is all under like production or like set design yes. and like at some point hopefully there'll be people who do these things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Focus on the script. And these are the things <laughs> that like a. people will never know. And I was thinking about earlier when you were talking about just all the <laughs> actors dropping out and shit. And not that they necessarily need to know, but I you know, it provides a deeper appreciation, especially from other creators and yeah. like other people who need motivation to continue what they create. It's very easy to think like you see a movie or you hear a song or all that shit and think, Oh, that was one linear process from idea to production to, you know, finalization. But oftentimes yeah. it's not. It's often up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, right? Until we finally fucking get there. And a lot of the times from the creative side, it ends up the finale is not what we were expecting. Like the final point doesn't live up to it because it's just super fucking hard to nail yeah. exactly what you imagine, right? And exactly what you want to create. It makes a kind of a, it's like a fleeting pursuit, you know? It's a fleeting joy in what we right. choose to get joy from. But it, it, it's strange. And I don't know, I guess joy, happiness, euphoria in itself is kind of a fleeing thing just because, I mean, there's a reason they have different names. Otherwise, they'd be called normal state. Like, we don't just feel happy all the time. We don't just feel euphoria all the time. This is something I was thinking about recently, actually, when I was just in a park. I was hanging out. It was sunny, you know, doing my little thing. And I was thinking about, I don't don't know how I want to phrase it, but I guess like chasing highs and what you anchor your happiness in or what you anchor what makes you feel good in and i was just thinking like you know obviously euphoria and moments and things that make you feel absolutely overjoyed are incredible but 
those are the kind of highs where you reach so high that you have to come back to normal eventually. And the higher you go, the further you crash down. So it's like, where can we anchor ourselves so that it's a sustainable kind of happiness or fulfillment? And I choose to go with contentment, right? Like, or being content as the state of mind. And I thought about this literally because, like I said, I was sitting in the park the other day and I was just, you know, like writing music or doing whatever I was doing. And I thought, I feel good right now. Like, I feel good. There, I, I didn't feel fucking ecstatic. I wasn't just exploding out of my body with excitement but I also wasn't sad depressed I wasn't feeling bad or anything I was like I feel slightly above middle <laughs> and I was like this is good I can sustain this I, I can maintain this for a long time and it's a more uh like easy fluctuation in emotions you know what I'm saying as opposed to try and go high low high low high low and I think that's how people get hooked on shit like drugs a lot because then you artificially try to create that high and try to sustain it as long as you can. When we talked about hair, we talked about dedicated fiends, baby. Like that's that's what we're talking about. But so much messaging to us tells us that the highest highs are where you live your life or where you live the most. When it's like, nah, you got to anchor your normalcy in things that are achievable. Like I'm content when I've cleaned fucking laundry. You know, I'm content when I sit in the park. I'm content going for what, whatever. These are all things I can build into my day so that I can sustain that feeling all throughout the day right and like more natural i would say i don't know do you have what, what do you think about that any of that um <clears throat> well when you say that it reminds me of uh something i heard um the famed a famed uh, or i don't know famous actor uh yeah. robert de niro say the geez, boy that was a struggle to say <laughs> yeah, um, we got there though <laughs> it was yeah. up and down we got there <laughs> yeah see <laughs> Well, he said something about, um, he was asked, like, what kind of advice you would give yourself. And he was, he said what mm -hmm. kind of advice he gave to his son, which was, um, you know, enjoy your highs, but know that it doesn't, like, last forever. And, mm. or just, like, don't ride too high. And when you get low, just know that there is lower. Um, mm. And just, like, find, like you said, um, being content or complacency in the middle yeah because um, because th there is both there's positive and negative dude yeah. that's interesting because yeah the highs definitely don't last but the lows can if you let yeah. it so it's like the darkness can creep in if you let it and it can stay the light is fucking fantastic but it just naturally doesn't stay right like mm -hmm. any source of light you can think of doesn't isn't eternally lit the sun is not eternally lit it hasn't always been yeah. and eventually will go out just because to us it always is or even like night and day we can conceive it as not eternally lit that is eventually going to go out. The void of space is fucking forever. Like, the darkness and void of space. <laughs> Dude, this is getting crazy. Yeah. But it's just to say, like, you're right. You have to have an active hand in shaping your reality, in shaping your worldview. And you do have an active hand in it because all of our realities are subjective reflections of an objective reality. So if it's nice. subjective, yeah, you know how we do. If it's subjective, that means you can change it. Like you have the power to control it. It's just about realizing that and realizing that I can affect things. Like I can affect things. And I think that thought itself can give you power, right? Like can give you some motivation to actually see that you can. If you just have that mentality, you'll see every moment where you can affect things. If you don't, you'll never see shit. You're just blind. Yeah, uh, I'm just Stars waiting smiling. for. Yeah. No, I'm just waiting for, like, when you have a philosophy class oh, slash man. like motivational speaking. Oh class. my god, <laughs> it's it's half philosophy I, and motivation. Wow, dude, I don't oh, even know man. where. I don't even know what I'll yeah, call that. I, yeah, <laughs> I'll come back to it's, something. It's a hot class, though. Yeah, 
<laughs> write a book left. about it. Yeah. I'm gonna turn people away. Nope. Sorry, not you. Yeah. Not, you need three letters of rec to get into this class. <laughs> nah, that's what this podcast is. I'll call it rabbit hole sessions, bro. We'll just show up and set up the mics and just run it. That would be sick. Cause then we could get Q and A involved. That could be like an aspect. Live Q and A, dude, for oh regular, regularly. Would, would anybody sit through a live uh, show? Live podcasts are a thing. Like podcasts do live shows. I know. I, it's, yeah, crazy. it's crazy, and they do have Q and A and shit. And it's like, wow, that's funny. Because before I actually saw the ones I like, the when they started doing live shows, I never thought, oh, that's something that people would just listen to. Or the and even listening to them, like the podcasters talk about it. They say they're like, I can't believe people just showed up to listen to us for two hours, and we sat on stage just talking and being idiots, right? Yeah. And, sh- and it's like, yeah. Because we love it. I mean, really, what do we like? That's what we love. You know, we want to see it's not even performance. We just kind of want. I don't even know what it is, dude, because I'm trying to think out of the ones that I like. I think of like Brilliant Idiots or Joe Budden podcasts or shit like that. And I just love the fact that I feel like when I'm listening to them, I'm in the room having the conversation with them. And like I like to think our podcast does that a lot too, right? Because we keep it so, so candid and conversational that like you can yeah. literally feel like you're having the conversation with us if you're just playing in the background. And you know it sucks because you can't reply. But I mean, think about it. When you're in friend groups of like five, six, seven, there are some people who don't say that much. There are some people who are like take in, but you still enjoy that they're there and they're part of the group. And sometimes that's how I view the podcast I listen to and what I hope people look at this one as. And I think yeah. That's definitely something people would sit through. And I often think about <clears throat> shit we talk about, and I want to know what other people think. I want to know what people that think different. Because for the most part, like, we think pretty similar on a lot of things. Yeah. And there might be some tweaks here and there of how we manifest it. But for the most part, you, me, and James share, v- like, very similar core values, right? And a lot of similar applications and things. Which, don't get me wrong, it's not a bad thing. I love it, you know? It means we can actually, <laughs> we can do bullshit like this, like talking about yeah. what is time and shit like that, and what is sleep, right? And it's great. But it also means that we can, like, engage in conversation that someone else can add into, right? Like, we don't know everything. We don't know, we don't have the full span of ideas. We can tap into as much as we want, but there is still room for other people to comment. Even if it's not quote-unquote right, right? Or even if I think... Well, that's stupid, right? If somebody says something, yeah. right? It's still the aspect that someone can. Like, those mm-hmm. are the conversations you want to be part of. Those are the podcasts you want to listen to where you feel like you can <clears throat> input. Not necessarily that you will be the input. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's even the same thing um, for uh, filmmaking mm-hmm. <laughs> or directing Let's a go, film. baby. Right you know, you want to know. <laughs> you want to know, especially when I try to... I've been doing... I mean... I've had so many calls so like in every day with different actors and new actors and onboarding new people quickly and um, trying to let them know kind of like how I would run a set or how I do run a set mm. and um, you know just straight up um, letting people know that um, create it's a creative laboratory um, yes. rehearsals and even on the set you know to try different things um, the takes should be different this mm. should be different um, you don't have to you know don't feel like I'm a dictator. I'm not. Don't yes. feel like you have to live and die by the script. Um, you know, it's it's letting people know that is kind of I think um, ties to what you were just talking about. I really like what the last point you just said. I'm not a dictator and blah blah blah. Because I it makes yeah. me think about <clears throat> not blah blah blah. I mean, <laughs> I value the words you say. I was <laughs> just trying to speed up my say. own sentence. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I was sick of hearing me talk. I wanted to say less words. 
<laughs> no, but I was thinking back to uh, shout out Emil and Alex again. Um, like one of the uh, cook up sessions we had, and it was a song that I came with an idea from. It was already written to like a YouTube beat or whatever, and I showed it to them, and they're like, "Yo, let's just." make it our own like and we totally made a different beat and shit but it was the mm-hmm. same word and same idea behind the song or whatever and there were times where i would ask them certain points of input because i always like you i want to create that uh, field where you feel like you can input where it's not totally yeah mine. but i mean i remember alex literally saying to me he's like dude you came with this idea right like yes this is open and we're all working together but you came up with this so lead us because I know it'll end up in a good place if we all work together, but you lead us and don't second guess, you know, some of the creative decisions you had. And I went in the moment, I was like, well, okay, all right, y'all want me to go full dictator mode, let's go, right? Like, because I'm just yeah. laughing, right, and shit. But I thought about it afterwards, and I was like, what I, you know, because it was funny in the moment, and, you know, we were just joking around. But what I should have said, or the true mindset was, not dictator, but captain, right? <clears throat> Where it's like, I'm leading, but not mm-hmm. what I say goes, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it does but it's it a does. it's a much more open environment to speak. Like I think of a captain yeah. of a ship or a captain of a sports team or a captain of a I don't know fucking military unit. You know, like those are not the super high up positions where it's shut up when I speak, right? Like when yeah. I speak, you don't say a fucking word. It's no, no, no. You can challenge me, but I know you're here because you believe in me to make the right decisions, right? Dictator is you're here because you fucking have to be. Like you have no <laughs> choice. Captain is you choose to be here under my lead so it's like shit i got that responsibility to lead and leading is it's very fucking important dude and i don't know i don't want to i want to be careful how i kind of frame this because i don't want to do the classic like story trope where we put one person on a pedestal and it's like they are the hero god of this story right and it's up to them and they're infallible because it's not that and I understand how leaders can get propped up like that because they're the prominent voice. Like, they're just the one we yeah. see and we want to do that. But the truth is, it's everyone that supports that leader that makes them what they are. You know what I mean? If nobody believed in you as a leader, you're not going to do shit. You won't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, nobody, nobody will follow you. Who? Who's yeah. going to follow you? And so it's like, how do you inspire belief? I like to think it's you show people that there's a space for their opinions, but you also show them, listen, there's a reason I have the opinions I do. Mm. And it's because I've tried and tested them against a multitude of things. And this is the true greatest formula that I know of. And I'm flawed, so it's not perfect. But right now, this is what I know of to, like, create the best results. Speaking for me, you know, like, I truly I truly believe, just if we want to talk about myself for a second, which I guess that's fucking all of these podcasts. That's all (laughs) I do. But I truly believe, like, a grander role of mine in society is going to be something that has positive influence or change. Like, I believe I... Not will be, but I believe I have the potential to make the world a better place, right? In whatever impact I can. And that might not be what you think is a better place, right? That might not be what the person down the street thinks is a better place. But I know my heart and I know where my intentions lie. So it's like, just because someone doesn't like something doesn't mean it's not good, right? Or just because mm-hmm. someone might disagree initially doesn't mean it's not good. There's a lot of times where... I can't remember who I was talking to. Probably Alex or Emil again, because just other than you and James, those are the only two people I've been talking to for like the past three months. <laughs> but <laughs> that's what fucking quarantine does to you. I'm recording again. No, don't, no, don't. <laughs> it was about um, like this people. This is a Suffolk Free podcast. Yes, you're on Suffolk Radio. You're listening to a Suffolk Radio podcast. The views and opinions expressed by Tyler on demand and Emilio Guido on Reptiles. <laughs> <laughs> that 
so bad. I don't know. I'm gonna cut that in, but it's getting cut in. Yeah, that is getting cut in somehow. <laughs> Imagine if people were there live for that. <laughs> That's gonna definitely be in the Q and A. What demon were you channeling in that seance yeah. when you? The same Holy. demon from Catch Your Breath. Oh, it's all the demons, baby. We're going to catch yeah. all your breaths. <laughs> that didn't even come through on my end. <laughs> it was only static. <laughs> Yo, this is a treat. Episode 29 is a fucking treat oh, for whoever no. listens to this shit. <laughs> oh, I don't even have a name. Yeah. I might just call it episode 29. There's a joker laugh. <laughs> 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 oh, remember that <laughs> That clip you sent me oh of that laugh. Oh my and the God. other. I might insert it right here. I might insert it. Drop the impact. Before he gets a Billy Dude, it's so perfect. That is That's an outtake good laugh. for everybody. Like from the episode Drink Water, Wear Protection. I don't remember what number episode that is, but that was with Kazi and the producer. And we got fucking wild. If you think we got crazy on that episode, you don't know what we had to cut out. I'll insert just that laugh, but <laughs> that's funny as hell. Oh, my God. Real quick to, re- to finish off the whatever point I veered off of, but it was about like people just because they don't like it or something, whatever people that disagree with it doesn't mean it's not good. And um, I was talking about just sometimes when I meet people the first time, it can be kind of off-putting because I'm a very just speak yeah. and I talk a lot. First of all, I, I, I talk a lot, so that could be overwhelming. But there's also that, these are all true. Yeah, things. You know how it goes. Emilio's just been through the fire. He's been tried through the fire. He's used to it. now. He don't burn anymore. He's Khaleesi. He's Daenerys Targaryen, the unburnt breaker of chains, the mother of dragons Yikes. and all that good shit. Uh, free the people. Free the penny. Put the fist. No. <laughs> no. Put it straight for impact, baby. We got the straight oh, fist yeah. now. We got the straight fist. The European white fist. Dude, <laughs> the colonizer fist. Could you imagine if the colonist fist? Dude, you had a. You had like fist. a. Bo- dude, you should have a bonus track called the colonist stomp or like the colonist. I don't know. Just like a, it's just straight. Oh a man. Straight colonizer I mean. rap. <laughs> Yeah. I take your resources. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I got. I don't know. <laughs> that's all you need. That's it. That's all. That's it anyways. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I wonder if, you know, because I thought about when I was thinking about the fist aspect of the cover for Impact, they're definitely, you know, obviously Black Power Fist is the black fist in the air. And there was the part of me that was thinking, I definitely wanted the fist to be black because most of the message is to do with black Americans, right? And just black people in the black experience. So the fist, and, you know, I have melanin. So (laughs) the fist, it's not like it was going to be white. But I wanted it to be, I wanted it to reflect, and this is, like, going to sound funny to say. I wanted it to reflect a black that, like, all black people could relate to, right? I wanted it to kind of. The one that doesn't fit in. I mean, because if you look at the, if you just, if we go pure shade of melanin and skin cover to me, it's not the same. Like if I put my Mm. fist out, it's not the same color as the, um, what's whatever. But at the same time, I have cousins who live in, you know, who live in Toronto that are Nigerian and Zimbabwean. That's my family, like my blood, like I would do anything for them. And they're dark Mm -hmm. as hell, you know, like they're much darker than me. 
So I want them to be able to look at it and be like, oh, I can relate to that. And I think that, excuse me, excuse me, Jesus, the coconut, <laughs> coconut water <laughs> is making me burp. Uh, yeah, just coconut water. Uh, <laughs> but um, look, Vita Coco, new look, new look, same coconuts, neutralites and electrolytes, nutrients, excuse me. But yeah, we need lots of endorsements. We seriously do, dude. And the thing is, like, I'll get back to the serious shit in a second. But the thing is, like, I truly actually like these brands. Like, I would do them such yeah. justice. Vita Coco, yeah. Me Undies, Bigelow Tea, what was Yerba Mate, uh, Avino. Damn, dude, Av- I gotta get Yerba yeah, Mate. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, those five, oh, I, have, I have ads for days for you. Like, that is purely yeah. original and pure love that people would feel. You know what I'm saying? Like, they would hit their core. But we'll work on that. Anyway, the impacting. So it's like I wanted it to be like a kind of black fist, like I said, that everybody could relate to because it does truly encapsulate a entirety of a black experience in America. Because, I mean, black people, I mean, I have certain feelings about someone just coming up to me and identifying me as black because that's not how I feel. I've, I'm mixed. That's how I identify. I am. I am Nigerian and American, white American, you know, or I mean American, but just my skin color reflects white. So that's my experience and like uniquely and i also feel that is the truest way to represent everything that makes up me one is not more important than the other one might reflect more like people might see my hair see my nose see my lips see i've got some melanin and be like oh that's a black guy i don't blame people for thinking that i i mean i don't i truly don't that's what you see and that's what you've been told is the case so i don't believe you or sorry so i don't blame you for thinking that but the truth is my reality reflects different right and I know that there's a lot of people across the diaspora, as they say, the African diaspora, that that also applies for. And that it's not so, for lack of a better term, excuse the pun, black and white. Like, there isn't just one lane or category for you to fit in. And I wanted everything, <clears throat> part of this album, to reflect that. And don't get me wrong. Again, it is anchored in the black American experience because I fucking live in America and am perceived as a black American. So it's like, not only do I experience things like that, but I'm pretty in tune with what that's like right albeit to different extents right colorism's real i'm lighter shade of skin like that has different implications with it but anyway i just i don't know i just thought about that kind of afterwards though when after i made the album like after it came out as it did after layla lumiere had made it and i was like i fuck with that because a lot the initial image i sent over to her was kind of like the emoji you know the emoji that's the straight fist and when i use my emojis i put them in as close a shade as possible to my actual shade of skin yeah right so it's like i want it to look like this and then that's what she did and i was like damn okay there we go and i like that and i kind of wish more artists or filmmakers or things like other creative things would talk about this ideas that both they intend yeah and just ideas that they both intended or didn't intend and kind of maybe came along along the way but are still very meaningful that's good for and that's even good for like the interview segments that we spoke Mm. about i don't know if that was on camera on record or off yeah but i think that's like yeah i feel like that's something um you know if if we in my case like asked about a particular scene you know how was this accomplished you know and it wasn't even my idea or even when you know when impact comes out and we listen to some tracks you Mm -hmm. know how did this come about yeah there's shit on top of this album that i didn't think about and that doesn't mean that hold on chewing ice cube (laughs) that doesn't mean that in my uh, coconut water uh, that doesn't mean that i didn't come up with it or you know i didn't make it my own or whatever but 
there are things that Kazi, shout out to Kazi, came up with. Maybe just while recording, he was like, yo, try like tweaking your voice maybe like this in one bar. It could literally be in one bar, but that may have made all the difference for that stanza or something. You know what I'm saying? Or that Emil may have said or anything like that. So I want to know that, like that idea origination, because that's where and maybe we're speaking just from the creative side. Maybe most people don't fucking care. But I want to know about that idea creation, yeah. development, and all that shit. But I also think it would make people care. I think people would truly learn to in- how that how that could enrich the experience. You know, you kind of said something similar when after a live uh, we were doing, we were making the music. What were you, what were you saying when you were kind of like looking into it could kind of enrich the experience of hearing the song after? What were you talking? What are you talking about? I, we were talking once after one time. Me Emil and Alex did like a live insta cook up the one that you were looking in on for most of yeah. it and you said something to me after about just like appreciating what i like what you heard at the end because you saw me go through it oh well because it, it, it makes you appreciate the end result more mm. like it makes you appreciate the verse basically because i saw like not how long but just like the process that took you whether it's short or fast mm. that led you to the final result because you, I mean, you just see you. We see you just kind of sitting with the beat yeah. and sitting with words in your head and or, yeah. or out loud, and so I mean that kind of gets you to realize, oh wow, this is how we kind of put this puzzle together. Yeah. Uh, by the end of it, you know. Oh, that's funny. Because I do things. remember you mentioning yeah. Katie saying that, like, she looked in. It's like, oh, it's just him listening to music. Listening it's like, to I music, mean, yeah. yeah. But that's a lot of what yeah. we make music. It's like we sit there yeah. and listen to it, and figure out what to do. And I totally understand how that can be boring to someone who might not yeah. have done it before. You know, mm-hmm. like now I'll totally <clears throat> watch shout out VI music like him do a full cook up on Instagram because I want to watch it from beginning to end because I know I've been yeah. through. You can learn tips too. Oh, you can easy. learn tips and things. And that's where, yeah. honestly where you learn the best tips is when you see what they <laughs> did to perfect it along the way, because those are the little things that you can adapt that you can make your own. So it's not like I'm biting completely off your style or, yeah. or I'm completely flipping yours. I'm taking the little secret. And it's like, oh, now how does that manifest in my life or my creation? Mm-hmm. And we can spin that shit. That's why, like, we don't got to be so secretive about this as creators, right? If you're con- – actually, you know what? That's what I think it is. Most creators, I don't think, are confident enough in their original ability to create or to create original wow. things. Because if you were, you wouldn't really give a shit about – like, I po- I've been posting hella – fucking music snippets and verse snippets and shit on instagram and stuff you know part of it's like kind of promo to be hey look i'm around look i'm doing music get ready for impact even though it's going to be none of the clips i'm putting out but you know that's a another kind of marketing scheme which is like it's going to be totally different lying (laughs) yeah that's a classic marketing scheme that is the classic marketing scheme. that's white america's marketing scheme (laughs) that's the american dream Dude, NSA, it's crazy don't that we can down. laugh about it. Huh? Dude, people come to this country. Like, I, I was just watching something earlier today with um, uh, Will Smith was doing an interview. And, and um, I don't know if you remember the movie Concussion. Uh, yes. But he acted in a – yeah. Uh, so he acted in this movie where he played a real person who, you know, head on, took the NFL head on um, in relations to um, – what was it? CTI? CTE? CTE, yes, yeah, right, CTE. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember what it stands for, but it's a serious like the brain head injury, yeah. uh, issue. Makes them go yeah, crazy and yeah. like kill their families. Like that's the, yeah. when you hear NFL Aaron players. Aaron Hernandez, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, undiagnosed, yeah. Dude, Chris um, Benoit from fucking WWE back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I feel like we talked right. about this on an episode, so I don't want to go over too much. But he had CTE and like yeah. killed himself and his family. So anyway. 
but what I was going to say was that um, when Will Smith was talking to um, the real person that he portrayed, um, he learned something about what the film was to be, which is um, he talked to this person and he said, uh, this person said, you know, like heaven was like right here. Mm. America was just below. Wow. And and he thought, like, he believed, this person believed, like, um, America is where God sends his favorite people. And God so, damn. like, it's crazy. <laughs> but that's, like, people think that in True. all these, other, in different countries, and maybe it's not that extreme, but even Theo, you know, mm. like, he, like, even when he was a kid, he was playing with little stones, and one of them was an American stone, like... American, yeah. uh, like America already had an influence on him in like 1920 uh, something or like 19, uh, I think around yeah. 1930. That's Theophanes Orfanos, um, everybody, the star of Laugh Now, yeah. uh, document of life, <laughs> liberty, and what was it, happiness? Yeah, Laugh Now, uh, a perspective on Fuck. life, liberty, and <laughs> the Holocaust. Was, oh, and the Holocaust. Yeah. I said happiness. Oh, yikes, instead of Holocaust. Eventually. Oh. Eventually, yeah. yeah, you're right. No. no, but you're totally right, dude. And you think about that even from, you know, your grandma's immigrant, my grandparents are immigrants. Like, they, I mean, they're kind of, from their perspective, like, you can't really say they're wrong. Because you look at America, it's like, what are we doing? We're like doing a podcast right now. They're not doing that fucking Namibia, yeah. right? Or fucking Myanmar or Laos. Yeah, like any of these places, they're not doing that. And you might not have even heard of those places I just said. I barely heard of them. I barely know shit about them, you know? So it's like, they don't, it's very easy to see that. But I think our downfall is this cosmopolitan, like pretty ass lifestyle that we live and that mm. permeates everywhere is made us lose sight of what makes those cultures and regions so special is the idea of localized cultural societal you know uniting things and and that's not to say like i don't want to paint i'm not trying to paint a picture of the world like america is modern and the standard everywhere else is savage backwater shithole (laughs) i'm not trump right that's not what i'm trying to say (laughs) i'm not calling everywhere shitholes but what I, i mean there's an obvious standard that the western world has that is spreading that has spread across the world mostly due to colonialism but also like there's a lot of cool shit i'm not gonna there's a lot of cool shit western cultures came up with like electricity right (laughs) or air conditioning you know what i'm saying like the reason i've gone through like three shirts during this podcast is because i'm not using the ac like i'd love to have some you know (laughs) that'd be dope but that's all to say is there are things to take from both and i think that even though this American lifestyle is revered as, like, God's chosen children and shit. And I truly feel blessed and honored to be able to live as an American in an American lifestyle. I'm very grateful for that. I have problems with why it exists or why that's the dichotomy of a standard in the world. I certainly have those problems, but I'm very grateful that, I mean, I was, I'm an American and that I live here. I am. I, I truly am. As am I. I, I truly yeah. am, bro. And I feel no shame in saying that. I, but I want to make it better, not only for here, but also implications that it could have across the world to make it better as well. And honestly, I think that's true patriotism, dude. I don't think saying this country, no matter what, and they're never wrong, is patriotism. Or, oh, you have something bad to say? Fucking leave. Why are you living here then, right? Like, all that sh- love it or leave it, basically. Especially when Trump was running. That was, like, a huge sentiment from his supporters and shit, mm-hmm. where it's like, why would I leave something if I love it and see there's a problem? That sounds fucking, like, I'm, I'm a terrible person. If I truly love something and see a problem and think I can do something to better it, why would I leave it? Why would I not stay and try and make it better for not only me, 
but for also them and for the world at large, you know? And when we talk about America as a country and the type of superpower it is, that it just, I mean, that applies hundred folds over. <clears throat> and with, I don't know about you, we can get into this right, right now if we want, but just in terms of like grand aspirations of self and just image in life, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but I truly feel like there's the potential for me to have an impact that can truly make the world a better place. And I'm trying to figure out how I can do that. Music's definitely one of those steps. Uh, and there's far further things beyond that. But, you know, music is kind of just the first step right now. But I don't even know what I, I kind of just asked like 6,000 questions yeah. at once. I don't even know what's going on. Save me. We need like brass horns playing uh, the uh, in the background. <laughs> I'm going to make a difference. <laughs> I'm running. Fuck Kanye. Yeah. I'm running, bro. I'm dun, fucking dun, running. Yeah, oh my Fuck God. Fuck that. I'm running. Jay-Z's going to be your running mate. Or no, have a Kazi. 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 Oh, Tim. Emil is like in the cabinet somehow. You and yeah. James would definitely get positions. He's like defense secretary oh or something God. like secretary of defense. What would yeah. James be? What would James' position be in my cabinet? We got to figure this oh out. Mm, what does he do best? Uh, silly, silly rap flows and churros. So what's uh in Super Smash Brothers? So what is uh, what can he do? Oh my God. And film, James, yes, and films on there, yes, come on. True, true. Jesse Top 4. We're still waiting for La Llorona, mm -hmm. but she's coming, I guess. I've been waiting for that, that ghost. That's what La Llorona is, right? A ghost? Yeah, I guess so. <coughs> oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> that's getting bleeped. <laughs> James probably wouldn't appreciate that. What are you yeah, no, here? that's problematic. Speak. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. That's really bad. Well, shout out to James, by the way. They didn't even acknowledge that he's not here, which I feel bad about. But, uh, you know, we love you, James. James can't be here yesterday. He has to deal with right now. But we love him. He hopefully will be here next episode um, and can yeah. defend this in person <laughs> and can slander to his face. Cause it feels wrong doing it behind his back. But he'll hear this. So we'll be good. Actually, no, he won't. I don't think he listens back. Do you listen back to our episodes? Not often. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. I honestly don't blame you. If I didn't fucking have to edit them, I probably wouldn't either. Yeah. I probably wouldn't yeah. either. <laughs> yeah. There is something nice I can't about just doing it and letting shit. it go, you know? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, just oh, doing yeah, it, yeah, and I then mean, it's out there, and I don't have to really think mm -hmm. about it again. It's just out there. And if yeah. it comes back, it comes back. Well, that's that's interesting, too, as far as, like, um, filmmaking, too. Ooh, here we go. <laughs> just because uh, um, a few things. One being um, when I was working on the documentary... That was like the first time I expanded uh, the number of people I worked mm. with and the different kinds of people I worked with. I've never worked with a composer before. I've never Ooh. worked with an animator before. Um, and that was those were times in which I did that. And what I always thought was interesting was the animator, um, she knew the least about the movie. Um, all she knew was what I needed. I never like she didn't know why right. she just knew what. And um, and then she came to the Northeastern Showcase, and when she saw it, and she was like, like I, what am I, I don't know what to say. Like this is like this is crazy. I mean, I didn't know this is what it was about. Yeah. This is what it was for, and like, oh my god, yeah. you know. So it, you know, and because even her animations were added to like once once I had them, you know, I put the um, I underlaid, you know, an airplane going through, or whether it was a train mm -hmm. or whatever, just to continue building. Um, 
But uh, so, I mean, just in general, even when you work with, so I feel like that happens more so when you work with um, crew members than yeah. cast members, because the cast members kind of know everything. Oh. Um, and then crew members, well, except how it's the, the performance comes out, I right. guess, because they're not in the editing room. Oh, true. So and if they don't, they show don't up know for every everything. scene, right? Like if the actors that aren't in every scene and shit like that, or maybe yeah. haven't read the whole script, maybe just yeah. their parts, which is funny. That's funny. I think that's what they did for the last That's Avengers. the process, though, for people. What's that? What? What's that? Oh. Um, uh, Frank Wolf, what he did when he was first getting into character, I think before the rehearsal, the first reading that we all did together, he, um, before then he hadn't read the whole script. Oh. He just chose to read. That's kind of cool. To read his, yeah. So it's cool. like a choice thing. Yeah. Um, but eventually once he read the script, he kind of realized how important mm. like his scene was. So it kind of added more weight and value, oh. um, of what was rolling into his scene. So what do you so. advise for your actors and people you get involved to read just their stuff first, then the whole thing or the whole thing? I don't know. I feel like it's really hard to just read one section. Like, yeah. so I, I think another, another example would be like, um, you know, the Marty, the drug dealer right. and that, and, uh, that sequence or that scene um it'd be really weird if he just kind of like the actor just read that chunk <laughs> and then that was it you know it, so it's i yeah. guess you kind of i feel like but i in but with frank wolf and that how big that scene is that i can understand just reading a piece of it because it's so isolated and away from the story right. or what like the he comes in and story it's his was. story pretty much when he comes yeah in. exactly hmm. yeah it tra it totally makes a transition mm. but and it's only um, connected to the rest just by what they're saying, right? And they just also happen to be yeah. in the same place at another part of the story. But it's him. Like, it feels like, it almost oh, yeah. feels like, oh, we're about to start a new movie, but in a nice way. Like, yeah. setting up for a he sequel commands. kind of way. And then it's like, to be continued. And exactly. It's like, what the oh, my God. God. And then the sequel's coming, God, baby. The sequel's yeah. coming. That does kind of remind me, before we get out of here, because I know we got to wrap up soon, but that does kind of remind me of, shout out to the fucking TOD show, by the way. Go follow that on Instagram, at the Todd Show. And on uh, Spotify, we just released an episode today with Lydie McMurray, my favorite episode yet. But I've been doing a few recently because I've got a couple coming out to do with the uh, Impact release, like people that are involved with the tape. One with Emil, yeah. one with nice. Tanya Cruzbauer, who's featured on it. Eventually, I'm trying to get done with one done with Mike Dub, and you know that's going to be part of just talking about this whole project and also those people as well. Like I'm truly grateful for them being on the project, for one, and for two, I truly like value them as artists and people I want to talk to. So it's also like, I genuinely want them on the show. That's why they're on the project, right? Cause I, cause I value them as that. And I also want to be able to elevate and expose their stories and platforms and shit like that. But I was doing one with Tanya. I just mentioned, um, y'all are going to love that fucking song that she's on when it comes out. But, um, I was doing one with her and she had talked about just sending her vocal stems over to me and Emil. And she was like, I mean, I didn't know it was coming back. I just, I mean, I recorded what you wanted me to. I did some backup vocals yeah. and shit, and I just sent it. And she's like, I had no idea what was going to come back. So when I heard the final one, I was like, like, oh, my God. Like, this is her saying. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is like, holy shit. Is that even me? Like, kind of thing. And it's like, yeah. damn, wow. that's cool. And there's, I think that kind of adds value to it. That kind of adds the, okay, I'm part of some of it, but there's still a surprise, right? There's still, like, add mm. the seasoning on top, and that, like, really adds the flavor and stuff. Hey, can you still yeah, hear me? Hold up. Oh, God, hold up. Okay. We're just getting a shot of toilet paper, lotion, and a book. Yikes, dude. This is like a masturbator, a lonely man's heaven. All right, hold up. I'm recording it. Okay, fuck the mics. Or, you know, not even the mics. That was my laptop and my bad decision. But we're oh, back. Oh, you didn't hear any of that. Wait till you listen.
That was. <laughs> Wait till you listen. Back Emilio to apparently what I said something mean saying. to me. <laughs> I don't. I'm not telling you. The shot we oh, were looking okay. at. I'm not gonna hear it till I listen back, but I hope it was good. No, I didn't say anything mean. It was merely an observation I made. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think two things. Two things I have. Yep. Um, one to the point that you were just making. Oops. That. Um, and I'm sure this is for many, many fields, but I, I think what's so interesting and unique about um, creating art is that uh, it's every time you go into it, it's unknowing and uncertainty. Mm. Um, and so there's always like um, an expectation and then there's, you know, something Reality. different that actually comes out. Yeah. And I, there was a director, um, uh, his name is Ron Howard, who said, um, when you're directing a film, it's always going to find a way to break your heart. Oh, and that's such wow. a that's such a weird st- statement from an acclaimed and acclaimed yeah. director who keeps making movies, right. you know, with a smile on his face. So it's just like, <laughs> damn. And and it's true. I mean, there I feel like there are many times where I felt like my heart, you know, was broken on this project, and I'm sure it gets worse. But yeah. um, have you reached you that know, with this one yet? Uh, I don't. Hopefully not yet. I hopefully good. not. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, we don't want it to. It's like every relationship. It yeah. has the possibility to break your heart, but you hope it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. And sometimes the hopes don't always happen. Ah, nah, nah, nah. Shout out to... Just kidding. Imagine bandana EG, dude. Or Dang, I like, like it. That looks good, imagine? bro. It looks oh like you're about to hoop dude, I look like I'm about... Yeah, exactly. Uh, bro, I went to hoop the other like day. I look like a ball handler. I look like a really good ball handler, though. Oh, yeah, like a Latino ball handler. <laughs> like, yeah, I could just cross. I'm just like a little guy. Yeah, I just cross you up. <laughs> cross you up, then body That's what I'm known you in for. the layup. I can't lay. Oh, it's, yeah, just like, but I'll get blocked every once in a while. That's what I, just, just because I'm too short. Just get sent at the rim. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's I can cross somebody up. up, then go for the layup. You ain't crossing up my teammate, bitch. I've definitely had that where I've seen a teammate get crossed up and I had to be like, damn, now I need to block this shot. I got to help them. I got to help them. Yeah. And then get posterized by a layup. Have you ever been postered nice. by a layup, dude? It's it's probably more than it's, likely. Yeah. Like fell down because their body is oh, just no. bigger than yours. And then, they, but it was a layup. It wasn't a dunk. But that fucking happened. It happened to me once in high school. It was literally in the finals my senior year. Which we lost, but that sucks. Shout out to Ibrahim, you fucking dick, fouling out with like four minutes left. Oh. What the fuck's wrong with you, bro? We needed you, you fouling out. Our did big it, man. Our did big it somebody man. get injured too? Didn't somebody get into a car oh crash God, or a car accident? Bro. Yeah, Zade. Got hit Shout by a car. Zade. Our point guard got hit by a car like two days before the weekend of the <laughs> tournament. He's okay, it everybody. Was. Don't worry. Like, he's fine. He's alive. He's thriving. But at that time, I mean, first of all, I was afraid that, you know, he died. I was really afraid. <clears throat> but And once I realized he didn't, I was like, fuck. Man, like, come on. Because our backup point guard was a 10th grader, right? And this was varsity, oh, so normally it's 11th yeah. and 12th grade. And he was, you know, shout out to Danny. He was, he's dope. Like, he, he had skill to be there. Don't get me wrong. But it was a temperament thing, right? It was literally an attitude thing. That was the first mm. time, or maybe not the first time, but that's, like, kind of the strongest time I can remember or that I consciously realized, oh, this is what they mean in the NBA when they say, like, veteran leadership or, like, veteran guys, you know? Because there were moments where yeah. I was like, Oh, if Zayd, our original guy who was a senior like I was, was there, that wouldn't happen. Just because maybe he knew the play a little more because he had studied it for a year yeah. longer than oh, Homeboy, okay. right? Or he knew us, right? Or the team. Like, our main five was a starting team of seniors, right? One guy, shout out to Will, had came either the junior year or senior year, right? So it's like maybe he wasn't the closest as the rest of us that had been playing for three or four years. But he was a senior, right? So, like, we saw him in the hallway, right? Like, we knew him personally and shit, all of us. There was some type of camaraderie outside of 
the basketball court. And all of that counts with veteran leadership and shit. When you've been around, you know people. When you've been around, you know things. You know the coach. Like, you know situations. You know people on the other team. I don't know about you, but when we were playing in our sports conferences, it was the same six teams every year yeah. right? and for every season and every sport. And so you would have kids that were there from freshman year to senior year just like you. So you would know how they play or you got to watch how they evolve and shit like that. So it's like if there might be somebody who knows this one guy that he's seen since 10th grade, then a new guy comes in on our side, hasn't seen him. Might be the first time he's ever seen this guy play, right? So he might not do shit that you should do. So I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about. Getting posted by a layup, but I think oh, that's how yeah. this started. I, there was one uh, <clears throat> memory I have from um, one of my AAU days, which is like travel basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was uh, there was just like, because you see all kind of kids who are um, ahead of the curve as far as growth and mm-hmm. sometimes skill. And so, you know, there's the tall, lanky kid on yeah. you know almost every team. Yeah. And I remember in a game, I was um, trailing behind a fast break. <laughs> And I saw him coming really hard behind, like, my teammate who was going to um, lay it in. And, yeah. um, like, his timing was just so completely off um, because <laughs> the layup was already up and good. And he still and he still came up to come and slap the backboard. And his arm yeah. is really long. So he kind of, like, <laughs> so it's like, you know, kind of got to the there. square. He got to the squ- oh like to like, m- like, he hit the square. Um, or like the height of the square, and right. and he fell. He like he ran so fast and hit the sign, hit the board so fast yeah. that he kind of like felt like ended Oof. up falling back when he you know when he came down and landed. <laughs> so it's just like well, you idiot, dude! Like you were trying to be so cool and show off all your height and shit, and then you fell. Yeah. Wait, did he get the block or he just missed? No, no, he didn't get the block. It was after the layup. He was like, so he was trying really hard and then didn't get close to catching up, and yeah. so decided to end by just slapping the backboard and falling. Yeah. He blocked himself. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, that's, my God. That's a shame. <laughs> we all know those tall, lanky boys. That yes, we do. Play. Yep. Oh, my God. I was going to ask a, I was gonna ask a question I saw um, yeah, on Instagram. What? I said, yeah, what you got? Oh, um, I saw it. Yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I saw on Instagram that you were changing um, from TOD to Tyler yeah. On Demand, and this mm-hmm. is an official thing. I should have mentioned that, huh? This is why you need good-ass teammates, people. This is why you need people who can set you up. <laughs> but, yeah, no, this is official. I'm changing, like, all the release names and shit from TOD to Tyler On Demand. And on Impact th- as well, it's Tyler Impact On Demand. Impact and Onward. Impact and Onward. Nice. Everything else will still be out there, like, on as TOD. Yeah. It's, just, it's just out there as it is if you want to find mm-hmm. it. I don't think people are really listening to on demand right now, right? Like oh the first, God. I don't think that's really. Where are we happening. going? No telling. No telling. I don't even think. Is that even it's on not, that no, tape? I don't think so. Anywhere. That's just like a, a throwaway. Not, yeah. Even knows oh it. my God. Back crazy. at it, though. They know back at it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, God. Back at it. Back, <laughs> back at it. Yeah, I'm back at it. <laughs> Yo, go check out my old discography, t.o.d, on all streaming <laughs> platforms in anticipation for impact. But uh, from Impact onwards, and actually a three-pack I put out with Alex Henry, who I've been mentioning the whole time, with Third Floor Walk Up, we called the three-pack. Ale- Alexander with DRE at the end, because he's Montrealian, French-Canadian. Ugh, that'll be another day. Of, no, 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 yes, ugh. <laughs> I love him. He's great. I have a general disdain for French Canadians, but that's because I'm from Toronto. That's what they teach us. I'm sorry. I'm trying to unlearn the poisonous teachings of the past, eh, but there's some truth in it. Anyway, point is, <clears throat> Tyler on Demand is, yeah, going to be the new release name. I just, we, I think we've talked about it before in the past. It's just kind of an easier name to search, easier name to kind of, like, to literally type in, to go T 
dot o dot d like if you have an yeah. iphone you have to go back and forth between punctuation and letters like six times right and yeah. to really make sure you got it you got to caps lock every single letter there's no dot at the end which confuses some people right some people literally just type in todd and nothing fucking comes up and they don't get it so it's just much more oops much more straightforward tyler on demand that's what we're at my instagram's already that Fucking, you know, there's other shit that's already that. The TOD <coughs> shows. The TOD shows the only thing that's gonna stay TOD. Yeah, that's just that makes sense, and, and that's fine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the description that literally works. says it's Tyler on demand show, right? Like, so yeah. we're good. And oh, actually, on Spotify too, as podcast, it's listed as Tyler on demand for the artists. I gotta see if those link together. I'm not sure if they do because Spotify for podcasters and Spotify for artists are two different things, but mm. they might. Anyway, point is, Tyler on demand. Capital T for Tyler, little O for O on. <laughs> Couldn't even remember on. <laughs> and capital D for demand. Check us out. And also send me, send my name to Tyler the Creator because I'm trying to make a song called Twin Tylers. That's one of my. Uh, that's oh one wow, of my that's goals. cool. That's one of my goals. Dude, so that could be let him, funky as hell. Let him know oh, I man. fucking exist. Let him know I exist because we could make some just crazy shit like we can we can do a whole little joint ep of just some wild ass shit so let him know i'm out here that we got to get this popping but yeah so that's basically the announcement is tyler on demand for all future releases impact and onwards uh i don't know man you got anything else i think we can wrap this one up we've been going for a good amount of time yeah i don't think we took any uh, breaks this time that's fucking impressive no yeah that's was good in it. <laughs> we might have to come in with no topics more often I think we hit a lot of good shit today. Good lord. I feel like we do that most times. Anyways. Yeah, we do. <laughs> she was in like one or two that we yeah. just rely on. Carrie but yeah, we go for like over an hour. I love it, bitch. Two, yeah. That's not off the top. You don't know. Uh, you don't know what we do. Come on. You couldn't do this. Speaking of which, though, bro, I mean, we are like gaining cloud out there. Like I have. I was supposed to have a call today, but it's for tomorrow. But it's basically for consultation on creating someone's podcast, right? No. And, like, you know, I already do it for a certain company. And I'm speaking to another person who is trying to make one for their company. And, like, they're basically consulting me about how to make a podcast, and how to start it off and shit. I'm like, dude, that's good. Like, that's a testament to what we're doing here. That's yeah. a testament to what we're doing or what I'm doing over on TOD show and, like, with the other company I work with. So it's just, like, that's one of those moments where you get to take the subtle appreciations in what you do. And... I love rabbit hole sessions. I already did the whole love you guys on air, but we, oh, we're great. Boy. We're great is all I want to say. It ain't fucking sentimental anymore. Now it's cocky as fuck. We the shit. We're the rabbits, right? And this is the session. Boing. Something about holes. Yeah, boing, boing, boing. All right? Holes is a really good fucking movie. Shia LaBeouf did a great job. Yes, he did. Who wrote that book? Hollywood blacklisted him. It wasn't his fault. <laughs> did they? I don't know. I, I don't even really know what happened. Like, yeah. No, you're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Well, all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode. This was dope. I still don't have a title. We literally might just call it episode 29. <laughs> I don't have a title at this point, but maybe that'll change when we listen back. Hmm. Uh, Impact tomorrow or whenever this is out, check it on all the, uh, all the streaming platforms. Impact by Tyler Ron Demand. Every single stream, purchase, Anything else, any type of money you want to donate is going towards Black Lives Matter and Dorchester Art Project here in Boston. I highly, highly suggest and advise you check them both out, blacklivesmatter.com, dorchesterartproject.org, to see what they're all about. And follow my Instagram, at TylerOnDemand13, to like see the videos of why they're going there, what it means to me, and all that type of shit. We spoke about it a little earlier, but those speak more specifically to it. 
Anything you want to plug, Emilio, before we get out of here? Um, just go check out uh, my YouTube, which has uh, the three films I've made thus yep. far. Um, just look up Emilio Guido, E-M-I-L-I-O-G-U-I-D-O. Hey, mm, and it's the fuck. first um, one that comes up. Uh, so you should find it, Damn, subscribe, bro, that's, yes, watch That is movies. the real privilege, being the first one that shows up for your name yeah. on a search. That's real. That's good. Yep. <laughs> that's the real privilege. <laughs> All right, shout out to that. Please check out Emilio Guido on YouTube. Come on, you already know Thank what you. we do. Like, you already heard him do the film breakdown, <coughs> film analysis. You know he's about this shit. Like, Max Lorelai about to take it to a whole other level. So just get in on the ground floor while you're here before we can just forget you when we get to the top. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Real easy to look down on y'all when we're at the top. So you might as well get in at the ground floor. Thank you, everybody. This has been another episode of Rabbit Hole Sessions. Shout out to James. We love you, homie. We'll see you next episode. Yes. And peace out, y'all. Bye. All right. Prosperity.